for it to come up. Um, let me see. You should see. Yep. And we are live, everyone. What is going on? Good afternoon. How you guys doing? Uh, welcome to Pin the Gas. And listen, I'm so honored today to sit with the legend himself, Mr. Andy Ibbett. Welcome to the podcast, mate. What is going on? <laughs> I think uh, legend. I, I'm just a normal bloke. I'm just normal, absolutely normal. And every uh, calls me a legend. Well, I don't think I am a legend. I think I'm just a normal bloke. Okay, I've been fast on a GP bike and so on and so forth. <laughs> Yeah, but I am still, if you meet me, I am just a normal bloke. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> you, you, I find that when, when I met most all the racers and I actually had a conversation with them. So uh, right before we actually went live, everybody, I was, I was telling Andy that, uh, man, I tried to meet up with him when I was at Cadwell Park. It was a dream of mine to always go. So I finally went. Actually, the story real quick. Uh I was the first guest on Pin to Gas. We we started it. It was just race reviews, and we started reaching out to the riders and, and getting the riders on, right? So, And I had listened to Dave Neal, uh, Moto Pod, and, and all that stuff back in the early days. And uh, so I was a fan, and I knew he was a press officer for OMG, so I sent him a, a friend request. I said, hey, I'd love to have you on the podcast. And we hit it off really well, Andy. And then uh, he invited me to Cadwell to come out there, and what an honor, right? So I went out and got my passport and all that good stuff, you know, the hotel and – yeah, so I went out there and uh, it was a dream of mine to actually. I wanted to meet you, which I seen you in person actually doing the podcast with Dave. Uh, but uh, man, Shaky Burn and Jamie Whitman, and it was uh, it, it's hard for me to explain and put into words. All I can say is what an honor it is, right? Um, to, to meet yeah. all these guys, and you find yeah. when you sit there and you're talking to them, they're just normal people. They are, but to me and everybody else that knows you, you're still a legend, Andy. Come on, man! <laughs> Absolute legend, proper. Look, let's 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 get it straight. Um, I'm normal. I'm normal. <laughs> I, know. I know. I know. So yeah. So so listen. Let's get into it, Andy. What um at a young age? What age did you actually get into motorcycles and start riding yourself? Um, at age of fourteen. Uh, to the uh, a friend of mine introduced his road bike, which is a Jalira Trail, so it's partly a trail bike. And we went out to a big field and got me on it, explained the clutch, explained um, the throttle and how everything works. So I got on it, I went first, second, third, brilliant, absolutely brilliant, but. He didn't tell me about the brakes. <laughs> so the very first time I came across a, uh, a hedge was me plowing into it. That was my first time I rode a bike. And I must admit, I'll do it again. <laughs> what fun, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that was great, extreme fun. And, and uh, at 14... You just didn't have that sort of thing. You know, we, we're going back. I mean, Christ, I'm 60 next uh, next year. So, and um, we, uh, I bought it from him and kept messing around on fields until I was 16. I gave it on the road. 
and boy oh boy it was a machine it was a machine all all the other people had fsr uh not fsr uh fizzies um ap uh suzuki's ap 50s they're all going flat out as fast as they could go um we got the carburation so bad so bad it was pissing fuel out of the exhaust oh shit and we are i just loved that i loved it it's a good bike <laughs> awesome yeah 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 so uh from the first time you did that uh did you how did how did you become a journalist for for mcn man well that this is really interesting story um I did well in school uh, to get all exams. I got top marks. I was then asked to stay on at school, to which I went, bollocks. <laughs> I'm getting out of here and jump out of the window, uh, um, made it across the, the ground and got on the bike and went. And I didn't really, I, I read a lot of uh, writers. Well, I read them all. Uh, beginning from performance bike, fast bikes, I read them all. Uh, I was at um, a meeting, a, uh, what do you call it? They all, all came together for a meeting. Um, it was like a show, if you like. It was a show. And I met the guy there from fast bikes, and he was talking real sense to me. I thought, oh, I, I like that. How do you do it? How, how do you do it? I, ha I haven't got any, um, I've got a, um, A's in uh, uh, O levels. That was like the, you, you would get that. Right. And I thought, well, how do I join? And he said, oh, just come along. Well, like what, you know, bring, you know, it, it, no, just come along. So I got my leathers, which were old Fogarty leathers, like old, 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 old. Remember he, what were they calling them? Um, uh, what was it? It was so bad that it looked like somebody thrown up over your leathers. <laughs> it was that bad. And I went down to London and I was introduced with three 125 uh, bikes. I rode those, wrote it all up, I handed it to Colin Schiller, the editor at the time, and he said, oh, that was, it, was, it was quite good. I did that for probably about uh, three months, and in the end, I quit my job. I was working as a store manager in a video store. I was like, right, sod it. I quit, quit that job. And I said, right, whenever you need me, give me a shout. And from there, the ad guy, um, he convinced Colin that I should be given a go. And from there, I grew and grew and grew in, in, in both stature and everything else. It was, it was good fun. It was really good fun. Yeah, so the, so your, your time as a test setter, man, you get to ride all the cool bikes and get to ride about Everything. them and thrash them about. So, what's your most fondest memory of of working for MCN and out there, just 
breaking <laughs> breaking the rules and speeding and all that good stuff. Well, the most that I let's see, the one I always remember. Um, I wasn't working at Fast Bikes or MTN at the time. I've gone into uh, managing director of Superbike School, right? And I was asked by um, Paul uh, Henning. He asked me, would would I ride the uh, John Con Hopkins uh, Super Super Jeep um, Superbike? Uh, not Superbike, um, Most GP bike. I'm like. Yes, yes. <laughs> you didn't have to think about that one, right? Oh, uh, it took me all of three seconds. To no, in right. fact, it lost me half half a second to think about it. I uh, got uh, Joe Hopkins. I rode his bike uh, uh, six, seven laps around Valencia, and just reading the specs on the bike. It was 148 kilos, and it was producing one over 140 plus horsepower, and it was phenomenal. Now, most people think, oh, you've got, got to be so-and-so to get blah, blah, blah. I say, well, no, if, if you rode it like you would do a normal bike, it was totally reliable, totally. But if you ride it into the racing zone, shall we say, then it becomes an absolute animal. An animal. I mean, up to about 10 grand, it was okay. It was good. It was It was like um, uh, an, R, an R1, something like that. Right. But once you rode past its 10 grand, you get into serious horsepower. And you you change click you change gear you click 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 and you oh it's unbelievable I have never ridden a bike so much um, that was the most awesome thing if you speak to road bikes I'd have to say the R and the R one but <clears throat> for me personally I'd take the R six why because the 600 is good enough to use all of it on the road. Whereas the, R, the, R, um, the R1, you have to be careful you, 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 where you use it. Yeah. Um, but the RC, you could thrash the living daylight out of it. It was great fun. Great fun. Man, I couldn't imagine being on John Hopkins MotoGP bike what an experience, right? What, what an honor. And that was back in the time, everybody, before it was a full-blown uh, Xbox and PlayStation modes on these motorcycles we have now, right, Andy? it's uh, You got all these buttons and switches and all this snazzy jazz stuff. But back then, even on a MotoGP bike, they still had some of that, but nowhere near uh, no, what no, have now. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. I mean, I, I didn't touch anything on the bike, and I rode it to... 1.5 seconds behind John Hopkins' bike. Booyah. Well, yeah, so, so, yeah, dude, what, dude, so you were proper flat out on this thing, dude. That's, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and so, did you actually have the real MotoGP tires, the, the, the slicks yep. on them, or did everything, they, everything, yeah. brand new tires, front and rear? Uh, I think it was a soft front and a medium rear. Can't re re really remember that. 
but uh, I got out of it first thing in the morning before anybody else and they said six laps so the first lap I did gently the second and third lap a bit harder and then the fourth fifth sixth seventh absolutely as fast as I could go um, and reminded me of that you come out of the pits go into the first turn okay um it's warm up you're nice and easy blah blah go up to the second turn what's the first thing you do you look at the corner no you get to the corner yeah. and then you think oh i've applied the brakes now unbeknown to me they are carbon so you pull in the liver and nothing happens nothing at all and you go oh my god i'm about to bin john hopkins bike and i've done two corners two corners but you keep the pressure on them and they come into play really really quickly and once you've got the hang of them they are awesome not that you could use it on your bike uh, on the road because it, it just doesn't work you, you couldn't be uh, Right up to, up to a set of lights, um, play the brakes, and then nothing works. It, it couldn't be used on on the street, but it would be used on the track. You're always coming up to corner or after corner, and that was good. Uh, I, and the, I think it was the six or seven lap, I grabbed the brake so strong for, let's see, uh, one, two, three four five six seven coming to the seventh corner and i picked it I, I grabbed the brake so hard that i had the back wheel lifting off the floor as well so, <laughs> so you had a little top rack in you yeah <laughs> yes that's awesome mate yeah so uh what an experience, right? So obviously you already said that by far the best bike uh, you've ever ridden, which I don't blame you at all, right? But going back to, to your journalist days, you know, I was a huge fan, of course, of fast bike magazines, performance, uh, bikes, uh, MCN, all that. You know, even here in America, I used to go to my – we had uh, Books Me in back then, and I used to go there and buy them all every month. And they were expensive, like $14 U.S. dollars here at the time, but wow. it didn't matter. Yeah, yeah, I would go and – um. Uh, did you ever? I was a huge fan of Ronnie and Gus Scott. Did, did you ever work with them? Yeah, work with them both. Uh, so sad to see them go. Yeah, uh, they were like they were top top fellas. Top. Yeah. Um, they had a camaraderie that all us motorcycle journalists had. That we get, we, we beat them or they beat us or whatever and you were pissed off because they're beating you but you also respect because they were doing what you were doing and when they when the the two of them died i was most upset about them most yeah, upset i was gutted too because uh they were one of the ones that i really look forward to reading about you know then i watched them at, at the tt because the isle of man tt is my favorite race hands down of the year every year Oh yeah, um, definitely. I, I love it. To to me, it's uh, the most beautiful thing you've ever seen on two wheels, minus minus 
Cadwell Park and that mountain jump. Because when I seen it for the first time, Andy, <laughs> bro, I was like, this is the most amazing, beautiful thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, it's, it's, uh, this is heaven right here. Like, like, this is what it's all about. Yeah. It, um, it, it, I remember racing that. And when I was racing on 250, it was okay. But when I on uh, FNR 600, you top, top to get to the top of the mountain. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, I uh, my ex-wife would say to me, you would lose two seconds going over the mountain. Yeah, but look at the right crowd. Uh, look at the crowd. That's all that matters. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I mean, the first time I seen uh, dude Josh Brooks, when he come off of that bad boy and Ryan Vickers, they were just sending it. I was like, wow. Yeah. Um, TV does not do this no justice at all. Uh, it never does, right, Andy? Uh, especially like places like Laguna Seca. Um, Laguna Seca is a very, very good track. It's a very, it very good track. Yeah. So I actually um, went there uh, in 2005 when MotoGP first come back. Um, it's the only yeah. time I've ever been. It was uh, it was amazing actually seeing the corkscrew, uh, the the mountain you walk up to to get there, the trails and stuff. It was. Uh, what a beautiful, magical place! The atmosphere, you felt oh, the energy. It was, uh, yeah. The the the, the um, Laguna Seca has never got the camera right for their their left and right downhill because though that is awesome, it just you look down, you go. I'm going to oh oh my good god and it was awesome and down there and down to the last corner back onto the straight they are brilliant they're brilliant it, it is it is and also uh one of my favorite corners on that track obviously besides scorecard is turn one turn one to me is probably the most mental corner on that track um yeah blind fifth gear or sixth gear pin depending on your gearing wide open and it's got a little crest there and you're actually banked over you can't see over it yeah. it's like yeah <sighs> now we uh most of the time i rode that as a journalist but also as an instructor on an instructor you never get to experience the first corner because you can't, you get your first student after they come round turn two, you pick them up, you work them, you dish them off the, you, the, you find those with the final corner and you pull back into the pits. It was only having been there five or six times that I actually got a chance to ride turn one. I went, oh my God. Yeah. By the way, it is awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And then same thing with Coda, right? Turn one and Coda to me is like, dude, what a mental turn because you're coming uphill, right? And it's a bank. It's not just a hill. It's steep, right? And then as you go to the left, it actually bottlenecks, mm-hmm. right? And then it winds up when you flip it back to the right. So it's, it's, uh, that's a, proper corner right there too <laughs> absolutely and, and, and the one coming down uh uh what is it 12 the the straight down 12 where it's that what first gear i think moto gp uses for that hard left hand corner um yeah that's also mental too but turn one man it's proper and tv don't do that no justice neither because i've been to texas several times and it's literally yeah it's, no, it is it is literally i've been around the that track several times uh uh, working uh, Thomas Luti, Sandra Cortese, 
looking at the track, what bumps, where we go, and all this to for the for the teaching, if you like. Yeah. But that, yeah, that first corner, you look at it and you go, bloody hell! <laughs> You're like, this is a proper one, mate. Right here, <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Uh, have you ever been to Daytona? I have not been to Daytona. No, hang on, hang on. No, no. I did do Daytona once with Pirelli, uh, with their, uh, got MCN hat on then. Yeah, I did do Daytona. Yeah. 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 So I, I only never... did it once, but I did do it. Yeah. Yeah, I've never been. I'm, I'm trying to go th this year. I might make it in, in March, but they also say that uh, the baking there at Daytona is just phenomenal too, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with it. We had a similar sort of thing called Rockingham. Rockingham's now closed its, its defunct um, racetrack. But when that was open, that was close to the Daytona. But yeah, that's, that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. But still, out of all of them, Cadwell's still my favorite. Hands down, bar none. Because to to me, Cadwell, it's it's L Laguna too, right? But the history of Laguna, the way it started, you know, um, the whole history behind Laguna is phenomenal too. But so is Cadwell, right? You got the yeah. the father and the two sons started as a dirt track so they could ride motocross, and then you know it, it is what it is today, and they still got the original house. It, you, it's just so rich in history, um, yeah. and uh, it opens up, you know front straight away that that whole front section it, it's pretty open the track's still narrow but it, it's open then once you get over the mountain jump it reminds me of uh, it's all closed <laughs> like a little alaman tts-esque right because you yeah. literally got tires stacks right next to you and there's certain parts of uh, cadwell uh once you pass the clubhouse right there um you can stand and the riders are literally six feet from me coming through yep. there on that left hand corner and it's just like how proper is this right like yeah. Yeah, it's uh, well, they are uh, they uh, are called the hairpin is quite literally no runoff, yeah. none whatsoever. Yeah. It's a track, a little bit of grass, and then tires. That is an awesome, but you don't want to crash there either. <laughs> no, you don't, no, 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 you don't. But you know, it's it what impressed me too, Andy, about uh, Cadwell, of course, how narrow it was, is the uh. So I watched all the classes go out, right? And then when the first time the Superbike boys come out, um, it was night and day how much faster they are than anything else out there on the planet around that track. I mean, it was super impressive because I walked. So I met Dave Neal, uh, walked down uh, by the mountain jump, walked down the hill, walked up there, met him and Jennifer. And then we went around there, crossed the bridge, and went to the right where, where they come out, turn one, that fast left-hand corner. And man, they are straight flat out getting it through yeah. there. Well, I go through the left hand turn, and then they've got two right handers. And the first right, you can't see anything but sky. So if you're a newbie to, to then, then you've got to get the first part right to get the second right and down the hill. But getting that first part right, uh, you have to have. A memory on what it sh what it should be after the hill. It's uh, yeah, yeah. There's a, a few places like that. There's down the hill, up the other side, turn right, then turn right again, 
and it goes flick flacking to the left hander, right hander, and down the hill. Sorry, right hander, left hander, and then down the hill. And it's that again. You can't see anything but sky. But only for a brief, brief second. It's more important on turn two. Yeah, it's good. And they, they, they have uh, kind of destroyed it because uh, when you you go through the flip flag, the chicane, go downhill, uh, uh, left hander, and then you go another chicane. But that chicane didn't used to be there. It used to be flat out from that to the chicane underneath the mountain. It, uh, it's. Uh, it slows them down a bit, but I, I like the take it away and put it over there and I'll take my risk, you know. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. It's uh, But, uh, man, Andy, it was to actually be there and, and see the bikes actually go around there was just – it was a whole new level. It really mm. was. Uh, it was uh, It was proper. It really was. So let's get back, back into your journalism days, man. So Fast Bike Magazines, MCN, I mean – did you ever work with Shaky when he actually uh, no Shaky performance bikes? Shaky took my position. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. I yeah. remember watching a video with Shaky on a TL one thousand S. Oh, good job. Yeah, yeah. On the streets, just riding wheelies past his black Ferrari, I think, with a chicken. You remember that video, man? It's old school, yeah. proper VHS. Yeah, yes, I've been a fan for a long time. It was, uh, yeah, man, and uh, dude, so. Uh, did you ever take journalism in school to, to learn how to write or, or when they no. gave you the job, you just winged it and just wrote down what Absolutely you felt? Absolutely not. I, I read at school, uh, read well, um, but I never thought that journalism was anything for me. So when I got the chance, it was all hands on deck because I, what's journalism, I think? I think it's not journalism because then you can uh write for the telegraph um it's journalism that's based on the bikes rather than the other way around yeah i, yeah. I think so I, I, I back back then at the end of the 90s um everybody was looking for a fast a fast biker who could then write Rather than it would be like with um, bike and classic bike, they had the writer first, then the rider. Whereas yeah. with ourselves, uh, performance bike and superbike, us three turned it the other way around. Which which made it head and shoulders above any other magazine out there at the at the time hands down. Oh, at, at the time at the yeah. time we yeah. were we were the uh for a while i was working there we were the best um british magazine across every country in the world yep absolutely and i was definitely a fan and i, I got dude yeah. so andy i got Man, I got uh, big plastic bins downstairs in my basement because I never threw away any of this. So I literally got stacks, even with you in the magazines downstairs in my basement. Man, I never got. Any of them. <laughs> yeah, I can't, man. I can't do it because to me, it's history. It's part of my dude. Two wheels is just my life. It is what it is, and I feel like if I, I would sorely miss it, man. Like a piece of me would be gone, right? So. Like when I die and I go, they want to burn them or whatever they want to do, fine. But while I'm here, 
it ain't gonna happen, Captain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got level um, fast bikes. Uh, le uh, level uh, the first one uh, through. I think it's to the fortieth fortieth um, edition. Uh, not edition. Um, magazine, and it's all got my. It's got shaky. It's it's. Brilliant, brilliant. brilliant. I've got all, I've got them all here. Yeah, me too. So we we have a really good one. The best one here in America is Road Racing World, run by yeah. uh, John um, Ulrich. Yeah, I know him yep. well. I know yep. him well. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yep. yep. Uh, we went out on a um, uh, Honda's uh, VFR, um, and we worked. I I I forget where we worked. But um, we went over the Hoover Dam. Nice. And I got his side, I uh, know, the main stand off of his bike. And we were doing about 90 miles an hour. I scraped it along the floor. And he thought something had fallen off his bike. And I, I remember, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's awesome yeah i've i've uh, i've met chris uh he's he runs the m4 suzuki team out here and actually got a good buddy that that actually works on them um dustin he's actually the the head mechanic for uh tyler scott um, okay yeah so yeah yeah it's uh dude they're they're awesome people man well well run team but the magazine man i've been such a huge fan of man road racing world out here because uh man they they reminded me a lot of of you guys but you guys were uh absolute the nutter of the bunch man you guys were, were awesome man for sure i was like dude these guys right here like i always dreamed of like coming over there just to hang out with you guys for a day during a test ride on a motorcycle ride because i couldn't imagine what went the, down the only thing during we, those rides the, the only thing we had uh with fast bikes was you can go you can test them but test them to let to their limit and sometimes beyond their limit uh we crashed and made also made up for some some ridiculous amounts of crashing non-crashing it was it was it was it, the, the, it was hard it was hard for our bodies and our mind were going yeah, come on, you can do better than that. <laughs> right? And everybody talking trash, you're like, oh, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So during your time on all those test rides you did, what was your favorite bike, the most bike you actually look forward to test riding? It'd have to be the 16-inch wheeled uh, Honda Fiberlade. The 900. Now, I hadn't been in the job that long. I think I've been six, eight months, and uh, we were out in an airfield, Brunswick Airfield from here, and everybody was testing the brakes as well. As well. So we'd done top speed, we'd done um, a, a mount for cornering, uh, but when it came to braking, I could feel their really how hard the front could could be used. And I stopped the um, fire blade, and there was smoke coming off the front wheel. Smoke off the caliper, smoke off the disc. Uh, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. 
You're like, I'm yeah, riding uh, this thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When when you you wrote about it, you'd say the bike the brakes are okay, you know, but you're talking a slightly different level than the readers. Yeah. But uh yeah, that was an awesome bike. Yeah, that thing changed the game, right? But it wasn't too long after that. Yamaha dropped that beautiful R1 and 98, and that would just annihilated. But but, but don't forget that about a couple of weeks before, um, Kawasaki released the um, ZX9. Yep, yep. And and that was 98, yep. Yeah, but then two weeks later, then Yamaha released the R1, and that blew everything everything away. Yeah. Oh, I, I remember with with uh, R1, uh, we were going, I, I forget where we were, but uh, Dan Harris was with me. He was still with Fast Bikes. I was still with MTN. And um, we're going uh, down the motorway, and he selected uh, third and pulled a wheelie past me in third. And we're already doing a hundred or a hundred mile an hour already, and I I had to have a go at that as well. And the two of us, ah, oh, it was awesome. And then they had um, the R one. They had the celebration. You know, uh, you've ridden the R one around the racetrack. You've ridden it while uh, cornering. You've ridden it uh, road riding, and they held a competition that one journalist would win the R1, provided you filled um, a piece of paper with stickers, stickers of this, stickers of that, you know, all all with bikes. Now, I don't drink. I don't do it. I mean, I, I stopped drinking when I was 18. I stopped it. And everybody else was absolutely paralytic. And I was pretty out, and I got all but one, one missing. I couldn't find it anywhere. Could not have other journalists, anybody. And in the end, I became the winner. I got myself an R1. <laughs> Do you still have it to this day? No. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, unfortunately not. But dude, what yeah. a proper weapon that thing was. Oh, it's, it, was. it still is to this day. If you, if anybody threw a I leg totally of that agree. bike, yeah, totally. you'd be like, bro. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. It's yeah, that and uh, of course, you know, my favorite bike of all time is a nine one six Ducati, yeah. right? Who, who's it, is it? It'll, it'll be mine. It we within the top ten, within the top yeah. ten. The the MotoGP bike comes best, you yeah. know, and then the um, KX two fifty. Kind of, it's motocross really, but it was all designed for the road. So it was a trail bike, if with more, uh, with an emphasis on the enduro thing, right? You know, and uh, you got you got got to have this. The, the one of the best small bikes I rode was a Honda Monkey. Yes, yes, those were proper. <laughs> Dude, those are proper. They actually released those here. Uh, that you can go down off the showroom floor and buy one here in America, but they're like six thousand dollars, I think. It's crazy for a little 50. Yeah, but what a bike, man. You look at oh, this day and you're man. like, bro, yes, we just we we complete and utter hooligans. Where are they? Oh, I, I did it, it topped it was 
40 miles an hour topped, but we pulled stunts you could, uh, you, anything you could do, you could do it on that bike. Yep. Anything, anything. Yep. It was totally fun, totally yeah. fun. Proper bike, right? So uh, after the journalism and all this, and I, I know you're also a book writer, right? And uh, so, yeah, why don't you tell us about your books you got? Okay. Well, the first one was um, Circuit Guide. I might have a copy here. Uh, it's a bit, uh, it's a bit rainy and swans and everything else. It's in the cupboard over there. Uh, and that was a guide to circuits in the UK, uh, like Cabell, like Brands, like On Park. Uh, it would be each corner and the you need the, you've got to have a turn point uh, a breaking marker blah 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 that was my first book um several other little books but then and then motor gp there it is look at it <laughs> yes riding techniques yeah yeah that's uh i, I, I like to just flick through it yeah absolutely so people know um let's have a look there we introduction oh look and yeah look. all that stuff and uh yours truly on john hopkins there. bike sorry i said yours truly on john hopkins bike absolutely, absolutely. And they've got all sorts of everything breaking you know um what else is there? this cornering oh there's literally everything that you can do on the bike and it's it's good it's good i'll just uh see if there's uh, chapter 10 there we go uh that way Women in racing ahead. Yes, I know, right? So the new FIM, the women's, uh, I think it's good. I think you hit your mute button there, Andy. I think you hit your mute button. Okay, sorry. Your, your mute button's hit it. You, you have to. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and the, that's the fourth edition. And I'll probably be doing a fifth edition in the next couple of years. But, you know. That's proper. So, so what made you decide to to write books? How did well, that come about? I've, I just, I, I didn't think it was very interesting. But, uh, um. <sighs> Jules from Mo, uh, from uh, BBC from television uh, suggested that I write the book and that I concentrate on it more about the rider than the bike. So it's more about what the rider thinks and how he thinks and what he thinks. When we did this, the first edition was way back when. It was 2001, something like that. And the bikes that you quite literally had uh, throttle, brake, clutch, and that's it. Whereas nowadays, there's 
a plethora of all sorts of bikes. Yeah. But with each edition, there has been an insight into the, the, the way they're thinking. Now, I, I, I've interviewed um, Jack Miller, I've interviewed it at Valencia a couple of months ago, well, uh, a month ago. And it's interesting to see what they think compared to Colin Edwards, what I, he thought. And it's quite interesting. There will be a fifth edition, but I don't know when. Right. Um, it's it's a good two years away, realistically. It's a good two years. But the the rider has hasn't changed. Uh, the bike has, or it's it's got aerodynamics and everything, but it still needs the rider to ride it. Can't do it without it. Got to do it with it. No. No. So it's it's a really thing. Uh, like when you talk about brakes, you say, okay, we use the front brake. We use that to stop, um, to to slow it down for a corner. What about the rear brake? And some people like it, some people don't. But now with the aerodynamics in, you're getting more for the rear brake in not slowing down because that's not what it's used for. But it can be used for a little bit of braking between upright and the lent over. And if the wheel is touching the ground, once it get past there, that helps slow the engine down or matching its speed to the chain, et cetera, et cetera. And it will be a good book, but like I say, it's going to take a, a little while. And let's face it, I've only got one hand. This one doesn't work, <laughs> you know. And so it does take a little longer for me to process thing in my head. Yeah. And then also, you know, not only the legend you, the, that you are within everything, right? Uh, writing books, uh, journalism, uh, so-called journalism, riding street bikes just flat out on the street, you know, with, dude, the best magazines that Europe has ever, ever come out of Europe to this day. Oh, um, I've, got, I've, got, I've got to tell you this. We were riding in France, right? We had a uh, 916 SP. Uh, before the R1, it was a ZX, no, the um, ZXR1000 and the GSXR1000. And, uh, and we rode along, right? Two bike coppers see us. And we weren't... We weren't Flat out was something we we left once we hit France. We were flat out everywhere, and they pulled us pulled us over, and we thought, "Ah, oh, Christ, we, we've been busted here, right. busted." And they pulled us in the, into a service station, and their boss came along from a car. He bit uh, lapels and you know hat the lot. We think, "Ah, oh, Christ, we thought." So it says, who owns the bike? And each one was owned by the respective company. So uh, Yamaha by Yamaha UK, Suzuki by Suzuki UK, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he says, right, um, who owns this one? I was riding the Ducati. 
I said, yeah, uh, Ducati, they're only uh, in Italy, blah, blah, blah. He said, okay, uh, what size helmet are you? Well, like... medium, medium. Right. Uh, can I try it on? <laughs> You're like, what? He took, his, he took a hat off, put a helmet on, and rode the, off, uh, the um, uh, SP for a good 20 minutes. He came in and he goes, awesome, just awesome. And we we never got tried. We, we got busted. It all got, and he that that is just awesome. It's just awesome. That's proper, right, dude? I wish we all had encounters like that uh, when we're doing wheelies. Because well, yeah. always, always, always show respect. Always yeah, show respect. Yeah, they're yeah. gonna get you one way or another, but show respect. This is true. Um, show you. Um, I'm really sorry about that. Blah blah blah. Nine times out of ten, you get away with it. Yeah, but don't start again because you right. get nowhere. You <laughs> you'll get, get nowhere. You'll get them cuffs on you. Get in the yeah, back of the car. <laughs> You'd be like, "Damn it, man!" Yeah, yeah, man. So, listen, Ducati's like I said, it's always been my favorite bike. I actually, my first Ducati was, um, and I told everybody growing up, I'm, "I'm gonna get a Ducati." Nobody believed me. They're like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so my first one was a, a 748 2000. What a proper bike, man. I remember, I'll never forget the look on everybody's face when I pulled up to work on that bad boy. Everybody was like, what? I was like, yeah, baby, look at me, right? <laughs> um, it it was a proper weapon. It, it's tiny, right? Um, it, it was beautiful. After that, I got a, a 996, which uh-huh. is my favorite still out of all of them. Um, and then I, I had a 1098S, and now I have an 848. Um cool. But man, what proper weapons they were! And I never had any like major mechanical breakdowns or issues that you read That's the good. horror stories on. Um, at my nine on six, okay, I take it back. I, it left me stranded the first, the second ride, proper ride after I bought it, uh, about fifty miles from home. My, because uh, why did Ducati decide to do this? I guess cost effective, but you know the the quick disconnect. It was plastic, the ninety degree. Uh, yeah, and. Yeah, I come outside of the of the service station. We were eating lunch, and there's just fuel everywhere. And I was like, "Oh, you got to be kidding me right now!" And I already knew what it was because I read horror stories about them, right? And, but yeah, of course, you know, I bought the aluminum ones. I, th- I think they were from an Envy Augusta, and they they tapped right in. And uh, yeah, man, it was thick since yeah, then. It, it, it's aluminum. No, no, no. It's aluminium. <laughs> there you go I don't, thank you thank you for yes thank you thank you so man dude andy what a life man in in the motorcycle world on top of that dude we ain't even touched base on the whole coaching aspect right so how, how did how did all this come about and of course i already know you worked with keith code correct yeah yeah yep. uh, i got an uh, email off of him uh two weeks ago that's talking about rear break and we discussed it he's he's Top his top class. Okay, he we he he, he um his uh I suppose you call it religion. Um, it, it doesn't affect him personally. He's he's a good guy. He's really really good guy. And as long as you made it out to him that you're not a Scientologist or any of that, we got on great. We get on really really well. And I I. I went to him uh, to do a fast bikes feature 
on schools because there was nothing in the UK at that time. Yeah. Nothing. And he spoke about it, and we said, well, come on along and do some schools. So we come over to the UK, did a couple of schools, went back. I went back um, three months later, and he said, why don't you become uh, our UK school? And from there, it built from there, and it is, it's huge. I mean, when I, ha when I left because of the stroke, um, it was it was it was covering from Ireland to Norway to South Africa to India, all points in between. Plus, I've been given the um, not ride the honour, if you like, of being um, Thomas Lutey, You know, and with Thomas Lutey, we managed to get first place, world champion. It's like booyah, booyah. Yeah, we we um we got uh, Thomas Luti, um, Sandro Cortese. He was also a world champion. Um, uh, Leon Camia was a British champion. We taught in him, and of course uh, Valentina. <laughs> The goat, the legend himself, man. So yeah, I was gonna bring it up, but but you did, right? Uh, how did all this come about, man? You you meeting uh, Valentino, bro? So I named my son Hayden Rossi after Nikki Hayden and Valentino Rossi, because they're my two favorite uh, riders, right? The Kentucky kid, what a what a oh, man. what a brilliant soul he was, right? He, he was absolutely fantastic. Yes. We we um, interviewed him for the second edition of um motor chip motor gp bikes and he was absolutely on it every single bit he was fantastic he really 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 was yeah. and it's so sad to hear him going he is um, man he 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 appears every time uh, about uh, on my computer when it comes to it's his anniversary you know, just to let him, but he respect absolutely nothing. But yeah, yeah, I, I had I was I was honored to to have met Nikki several times. I got a, my dad actually got a signed helmet. I got a signed uh, book. Well, the, the the book that come out with all the brothers and their stories, and then I got um the Earl book that 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 he released uh, before Earl passed away. I actually got Earl to sign it, and and. Uh, Nikki was gone at the time, but I got uh, Roger to sign it too as well. Um, yeah, actually, I was fortunate enough to actually meet Earl. And uh, man, what a conversation we had! Man, he talked my head <laughs> off. I mean, just straight talk. I was like, "Hey, Earl, I'm a huge fan." Next thing I know, I'm 45 minutes, and we're just like this, right? Was, uh, yeah, he was. Uh, what uh, man? Just being being in in presence of, of that, you just feel this this warm energy it's 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 uh it's it's intoxicating it really is yeah um, it is there's one thing that people don't understand about motorcycles is whether you race it or whether you don't motorcycles are brilliant uh well they'll do anything you want them to but the ride on board has to be switched on and if he's switched on he'll be okay but if you start to switch on, the motorcycle will hurt, but it's only because of what they did 
for rape, the motorcycle to hurt. Um, I there's very few people like one in ten thousand actually had a problem with the bike, but the others have been silly or finger silly, and it has ended in death. Yeah. Now you, you think of that, and you think of Valentino, and you think of Mark Marquez. Both, uh, I think Marquez actually is a championship higher than um, Rossi, but Rossi is still racing cars, and Marquez is putting together all the bits and pieces that he's broke over the years. He's okay. They're both very, very quick riders, very quick, but Rossi is he's. He's got an aura. He's only had, I remember the eighth time he, um, uh, the Ducati bit him and he broke his leg. Um, but that in Marquez was here, there, everywhere. A broken line, a broken leg. It's unbelievable. So he's going to. Break them, not break it. Um, he's going to retire with loads of injuries, whereas Rossi is still racing. Yeah. So I, I think that's the difference between the two. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, well, you know, before we get into this, Andy, dude, you and Valentino, how did you and Valentino come and what was it like actually coaching? Well, we were, I was, uh, approached by Yamaha um, their PR guy and he owed it to me and he said um, Andy uh, do you know Valentino Rossi? Of course I do. <laughs> what kind of question is that? Yeah right? Yeah. Uh, we've hired a private racetrack do you want to have a go with him? What do you mean go with him? We Teach him. Well, yes. And we went out there. We went to Spain. I remember in the um, first time around the track was in a Fiat 500. I've still got the video. Who's driving this Fiat 500? Uh, Rossi is. <laughs> <laughs> and how but, was that? Oh, it was it was amazing. It was amazing, you know. Yeah, everything. And and then when it came to actual testing, there was an R1 which I was riding and an R6 huge riding. We did all the photos, the PR bit, and I asked him a series of questions. And the one that I really, really, really um, was with him was why do you now you have rossi you want one uh to me to rossi just just the two of us why are you putting the left leg out and occasionally the right leg out when you're approaching a hairpin or a, a missile or wherever ever why do you do that because he has swap it around he i'm asking him what he's doing and he sat there and he said 
I've put my leg out for no other reason than other people looked at it and they think that must be a reason. Uh, so I kind of remember his name, um, uh, Nicky Hayden, or all the error, uh, um, uh, Jones, Toesland, etc., etc., all started to stick their leg out too. And now with the with the electronics, there the, there is a reason to it, and I I agree to the reason. But back then, when there's no electronics, it was just mind. I'm, I'm not going to say, oh, sorry, mind fuck. Right. No, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, dude, which, which what he was, dude, Rossi was the master of mind fucking everybody. I mean, oh, it, it was just, it, it, there was, there was nobody around that could touch him. Um, okay. The, uh, um, was it French? Um, I can't remember his name anyway. He managed to almost get him on the title, but he, he said lost, Juvenal. Yeah. That's a bit yep. by now, by now. Yep. And it was just awesome. It yeah. was just awesome. And what I liked about it was I spoke to him like I speak to you. Your Rossi would speak to you back. He wasn't like a footballer who's like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. It was like whatever. How you ever, whatever he was, he was brilliant. He was yeah. absolutely brilliant. He really was. So, what 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 did you take away from that day of working with the goat himself? <laughs> what did you? What, yeah, <laughs> right, right. What what did Andy learn from this? To be honest, I learned to be even more humbler than I already was. With Rossi, he would put on his helmet, he would put on his gloves, he would uh, bend himself into doing his knees before on, got on the bike and everything like that. And he invented uh, a lot of these things that now they take, uh, the current copper riders take for being granted. But it's all come from Valentino Rossi. He is... It's godsend. It's godsend. It's it's simply humble, humbly, but very carefully. The one thing I love about Rossi, right? He could be smiling, he could be joking, he could be laughing across the paddock, laughing at the crowd, blah blah blah, and he'll be with it always. But the moment the visor goes click on his helmet, then he turned into Valentino the bastard Rossi, and he will do anything to get that guy in front, get rid of him, he will do anything to release that. And that the moment you got him back in pits and clicked the riser up, he'd be happy, smiley, blah, blah, blah. So these two Rossies, Rossi, is friendly is pr 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 but the moment he clicked that advice on boy you i was there was just two, two bikes for that bit an r1 and r6 he was an r6 i was an r1 um he turned around um 
I'm going to have some fun on the bike, right? So, right, I want to see how Rossi really is. So I tagged him behind him, and within half a lap, he's gone. He's gone. That was unbelievable. I thought, I'm on an R1, and he's on the R6, and he's just left me. Respect. Respect. Respect, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I was I was considered a fairly fast rider, but no, no, no chance, no yeah. chance. No, and I'll never forget. Uh, and to this day, nobody's ever said this since or or, or done this. He he looked at Sete Juba now and was like, "You'll never win another race as long as I'm racing." And yeah. Sete never won another race. He got so bad in Sete's head that, yeah, he just uh, just dude, lost it. Yeah, bro. I mean, what? As a racer, uh, okay, because you you actually race too some, but man, the mindset you gotta have to look at another rider and flat out say you will never ever win enough. What balls, first of all, of Rossi to say that, right? First of all, but then back it up. I mean, it's because anything can happen in racing. We all know this, right? Um, that to me just was like, yeah, dude. There's nobody, and and plus, what Rossi did for the sport, the the, you oh know, yeah, you, you could go to any any town, pretty much anywhere in the world, and go up to a grandma and a grandpa and say, who is number forty six, and they'll be like Valentino Rossi, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, you know, as far as Mark Mar- Mar- Marquez goes, of course, I'm a huge Rossi fan. Got a Rossi tattoo. I actually got a. Uh, Ducati and, a, <laughs> and uh, Marco Simicelli tattoo. Cool, um, yeah, cool. So, yeah. Simicelli was another huge favorite of mine. You know, we yeah. all know what happened. I actually met Marco in 08, first year Indy, um, and uh, at a Brazilian restaurant, Andy. And I'm sitting there and I go up to go to the bathroom, right? And I come back and I look over, and dude, I was like, Are you kidding me, right? <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? So, I ran back over to the table and I'm just shoveling food in my real quick my dad's like what are you doing i was like dude marco simicelli's over here i'm I'm, i'll be outside because i'm waiting on him to come out the restaurant yeah i'm that fan like marco yeah i need i wasn't gonna approach him while he's eating right because that's just rude um so he comes out get a picture it's him and his gorilla when he was with the 250 um and do we take this picture we have a little conversation andy he looks at me he says well what are you getting ready to do right now i was like man you know they're i'm in here with my parents eating and, and my wife and uh he's like well my hotel is just right around the corner man you want to walk with me to the hotel and i was like did i just get <laughs> absolutely i do right so i text my wife i'm like hey I, i'll meet you guys at the hotel here in a little while so dude we just had this conversation nothing about racing Nothing that was just about America and, and you know, just favorite foods and playing cards because he likes to play cards. And it was it was so surreal. And then every year I seen him at the track, I'd be like, Marco. And he'd come straight up to me and give me a big old hug, right? Fast forward, uh, 2017, Texas. Uh, I'm standing right in front of the pit of uh, Squadra 658. Pollard's over there. So I pull up the sleeve. Pull up my tattoo like this. He immediately walks straight up to me, Andy, and gives me this like huge bear hug, like nothing but love, right? Just huge hug, right? And then start speaking to me in Italian. I don't know shit about Italian, <laughs> right? So I just smiled and it was like, yeah, okay. And he pulls out his phone and he takes a picture of my tattoo. And then every time I see Paulo, same thing, he'll come up to me and give me a big old hug. And uh, 
yeah, it's it's Marco, I believe, was one of those riders that would have been a future world champion, right? Yeah. Um, that that wasn't scared to rub elbows and 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 talk trash, right? Who who can forget Andy Lorenzo and 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 uh Simicelli in the press conference when Lorenzo says, if you bump into me again, and uh Simicelli said, Okay, I will be arrested. Basically, I will stomp a mud hole in your ass, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, bring it, punk. Yeah, and uh it's it's like, it's like that I had uh well, I was a uh, um, uh, punter, a normal punter. It was um, uh, Kevin Schwantz and um, Rainey. Oh, man. And when I actually met the two of them, and they were so much, so friendly with each other now, it was unbelievable. But, uh, yeah, they, they, were they, they were hammer and nails. They were hammering the nails, but now they've got the racing out of the way. They're good friends. They're really, really good friends. Which is good. So, you know, right. Yes, I'm sure Simoncelli would have won one, maybe two world titles. But when he let the racing go, then he come. Uh, you know, he won't have the helmet, the click of the visor. He was calm, but unfortunately, we we won't know. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, we won't, man. But dude, those so, uh, man, I have mixed feelings, right? Because as far as you know, Moto G Superbikes in general, it it seems like to me, Andy, everything's a PlayStation and Xbox now, right? So I, I think as I, okay, so I'm looking at it as a fan point of view. Uh, I've ridden bikes my whole life. Of course, I'm not nowhere near a level rider of you, not even half of it. Right. So, uh, but I just view that all these aerodynamics and all these electronics, I think it takes away a little bit of the rider aspect um, as far as naturally gifted. Right. Cause it's, it's, it's to me, I love the old school proper, right. Oh, this is your tracks control. This is, you know, this, but I understand that, you know, the aerodynamics come into play, Andy, and, and it has a lot of downforce, right? So if it's got all this downforce, maybe you can back off anti-wheelie, right? Which equivalents to uh forward motion, right? More yeah. power getting down and all that. Um, and now they have the lowering devices when you're coming out of the corners and all this. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, dude, to me, yeah. it's like, I wish they would get rid of, well, the, the, low, the lowering device is banned from next year. Yeah, I know. I know. And yeah. thank God, right? I mean, that's – yeah, yeah. I just wish that they would also tone down – because to me, they're just so ugly now. Like, I don't, I don't mean that – I sound bad when I say ugly, right? They're, they're beautiful, sexy machines. The woman, oh my God, look at her there. But then when you look at them on the front, they look like a praying mantis with like all these <laughs> bright stuff coming out of it. And you're like, wait a minute, hold up, right? Then turn yeah. back around the other way. Uh, you know, but but when you go back and, and you look, because I had this conversation with my buddies, he's a huge fan. And old aerodynamics, he's this engineer nerd, right? He's like, oh, Bob, he's not a nerd, engineer, you know, wing, downforce, this, that generates. And he's explaining all this to me. And I said, well, listen, I get it, right? But if it's so much better in MotoGP, why'd it take them eight years to beat Jorge Lorenzo's track record? Yeah. With non-arrows yeah. on it, right? Which the bikes look so beautiful back in the day. So I just hope that in the future they actually take away some, some of the aerodynamics because it's just getting uh, I, I don't think that'll happen. If anything, the aerodynamics will get worse more involved. Yeah. Um, and if, if you look back to the early... Uh, three um, uh, 
the uh, 90s, uh, no, go back further, the 20s, and you look at what they had, basically, that bike is the same as the MotoGP bike. They, they, they both have a wheel at the front and a wheel at the back. They both have. Both have suspension, front and, front and rear. They both have engine in the middle, fuel tank near enough to the, maybe not on top, but to the side. Right. And they have plastics. Okay, it was in 1920s, it had been um, uh, plastics uh, or even metal. Um, and now it's carbon fiber. Ultimately, tell me what's different. The aerodynamics and electronics? But that, that that's just an addition to. Yeah. Nothing. Ain't nothing different. It's all the same. It's basic exactly. principle. Yeah, it's basic frame, <laughs> motor, brakes, front, rear, suspension. Yeah, it's, yeah. Everything's the same. Yeah. So what can be different about 1920s and... 2024 uh, is just what the rider can feel. Yeah. Now, if you took to two riders, you take Mark Marquez and stick him on a 1920s Ducati, and uh, I can't remember his name, um, uh, claim him from 1920 to year 2000, and the rider will be going, how do you ride this thing with so many blah, blah, blah. And Mark Marquez, he will go, how the hell do you ride this thing? You know, so it, it's, it's, it's the same, but it's different. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I, I just, man, I just, I'm just such a fan of the old school proper, you know, dude, listen, I loved it when you had the Prius RSV Melee and the, in the Suzuki TL1000R, the RC51, the 916, and you had the 750s, right? Man, that would, to me, those were the heydays of racing. You had the Carl Fogarty and which, you know, murdered everybody. And then, you know, he went on to, to the Honda, which was a dumb mistake. I always thought you should have stayed yep. with Ducati, but that's another conversation, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, you know, it, it but a, a, as we progressed, of course, everything got faster. The electronics got more. Um, yeah, it was just exciting because you don't see no more sideways back tire just smoking like Gary McCoy on the Kawasaki yeah, yeah. MotoGP. Who would ever forget that? When he's yeah. coming around the corner, and even even the commentators are like, "Holy shit! Did you see that rear tire <laughs> smoking? Oh my god, what is going on?" Right? And he's just yeah. And, and and then finally, you know, Bridgestone. I think it was Bridgestone at the time realized it might have been Michelin that you know as he's as the tires rotating, smoking. It's it's not. Uh, heating up anymore, right? It's actually generating but now. Energy. Now be controlled by the electronics as to how much it can yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Only the rider is completely in control of that. So maybe it comes out the last corner and he's got uh, first place by a country country mile, but he will still have to change the electronics. Uh, change that mapping to see how it's going to smoke to go over a rear line but you have more control over that just that 
and opposed to that. Yeah. Uh, that has a little bit more control, but uh, getting b- buttons on the uh, uh, right is all equally as good as getting the control, uh, maybe the social. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse you. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, 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 you're you're right. Uh it's you know, we're just going into man, I just I just I wish MotoGP would take away, you know, like I said, P- Peter Marsh. So uh do, do you know Peter Marsh and, and Jake yeah. Marsh? Yeah, so Jake, so they're really good mates of mine. Actually, <clears throat> actually, this is Jake's shirt right here. They actually run my um Pinning Gas logo on their on their team shirts and their bikes, man. What an honor, man. I always say it all the time on the podcast because Dude, it was like the best year, dude, I've had this year, man. Coming out there, meeting everybody, and just, ah, dude, Andy, you can tell I was. It's it's such a good time. But Peter says, uh, let me put let, let me pull up his, his comment right here. Um, he says it's all health and safety. The wings aren't there to make them go faster. Yes, it does create more traction, increasing downforce, but it shows the sport is trying to improve safety, giving the rider more grip and traction at the track. True. But I don't think it's a, a health and safety issue. I think it's more the rider wants more and he gets more from the bike. Um, somebody can give it a health and safety issue, but I don't, I personally don't think that's the issue. The issue is that it gives the rider more control, uh, but I don't think it's a health and safety issue. I could be wrong. Uh, you know, I've yeah. been wrong before my life and yeah. I've got half a stroke and all the rest of it and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but <laughs> they can do it, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, man, uh, go, go, go ahead, Andy. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Say again. I, I said I did not mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. All right, you, you, no, nobody can cut me off. Nobody can. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I can be a naked. I can be anything you want. <laughs> I know that's right. Yeah, I know that's right, man. So yeah, listen, we, we got twenty twenty four is going to be super exciting for all classes, right? BSB, MotoGP, World Superbike. I mean, we didn't even touched on Top Rack, BMW, Johnny Ray on a Yamaha. Uh, Mark Marquez on the Ducati. I think that uh, real quick, I think that, man, so we've seen 2023 Ducati put themselves in a predicament, Andy, right? We all know that with Jorge Martin because the factory Ducati team did not want Jorge to win the title on a non He's on a factory bike, but just not factory colors. Okay. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, but now they got Mark Marquez on the Grassini Honda, which we already know he's, he's going to, He's going to be up there, right? Um, he showed good signs during the test, but now they're even more of a predicament because what if, let's just say Marquez wins the title on a Grassini, which will be the first, if I'm not mistaken, privateer, non, uh, non-factory non team to win a title in MotoGP, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, let's say he does it. Now Ducati's got to say, okay, now where do we put Anaya Bastianini? Because Marquez is yeah. coming to the factory team, right? Um, which 
I think next year is going to be even more. We're going to see uh, Davide with no fingers at all, right? Hot heart monitor at like 240 beats per minute all the time. Yeah, it's going to be it's, it's going to be a great season, man. Uh, I'm glad DG finally got a ride because uh, he totally deserved a ride. I, I thought the performance he put on towards the end of the season. Um, yeah, it's going to be good years, man. I I think it's going one of two ways. It's going to the first way is to win everything, um, real world champion, top hole. But the rider on the bike, he asked the bike for more than he gets, and he could end up being a crasher. Yeah, and if he crashes a lot. He could end up with the season going, I can't do it. And if he says he can't do it, it's not because he's changed to Ducati. He just re- re- requires more than the bike can give you at the moment. But turn it on his head, he could get exactly what he wants from Ducati and wins, wins everything. I think you have... One or two of uh, Mar- Marquez's, you you will see either crashing or surviving. Um, either way, he's he's brilliant. So yeah, he, he, is. he is. But had it, having interviewed him, had it interviewed Rossi, uh, Rossi will beat him again and again and again. I'm sorry, he will. Just because it's not because it's just Rossi is his mind this is uh, rossi his mind is thinking about what happens if i do that and what happens if i do this and this is likely okay i'll have that whereas rossi is flat out balls against attack i'll either win it or i don't yeah so you know unless he's changed which i don't think he has yeah well I'll put my hands up. It could go either way. Yeah, but it's uh, it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one. I, listen, I, I'm with you. I'm such a huge Ross. I'll never forget when Rossi went to Ducati. I was like, oh my god, this is going to be like, this is this is it. Like this is what everybody's been dreaming of, right? And then, yeah, obviously we know that the marriage was an unhappy marriage and it didn't work out. But when he come back to Yamaha in 2012, 2013, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, which is that's Rossi's winter test helmet 2013 right here over this shoulder right here. You oh, see yeah, the yeah, on yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, okay. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, and that's actually Alex Marquez's Moto 2 tank shroud hanging up on the wall back there in the background. Um, but uh, when he wanted Assen, man, I cried like a baby. I, I, I was so emotional. I was so happy. I was like, dude, Rossi is back, baby. All the haters <laughs> talking all this shit. What? What do you think now? Yes. You know, and then, and then man, 2015 came and oh man, I yeah, it was it was a uh it was a rough year for me, man. 2015, right? It was yeah, uh, man. We all wanted Rossi to get that 10th title, but uh it just just wasn't in the cards, I guess, right? Um exactly, it just wasn't there and uh all the Ducati thing you have now have a lot to do with um, Audi. Yeah. There's a lot of Audi uh, technicians have come into Ducati and saying X, Y, and Z. So 
I think Tardotti has the overall control, but he listens more, yeah. a lot more. Yeah, and then I man, I keep hearing all these rumors about they might kick Andrew Pugh. I mean Andrew Pugh, Pugh out of uh, HRC and David D- Davide Bravaro coming back. Have you heard anything of that? It's possible, but we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. We'll we'll I I would say we know after Christmas. Yeah. Um. Is if correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't Pugh actually own some of HRC? I I honestly can't say. I don't know whether it's yeah. true or it's false. Yeah. It could be either way, but I can't. Yeah. I can't po- possibly say. Well, listen, um, Andy. Uh, I want to. I, I want to talk about what Andy does away from motorcycles. <laughs> Let's talk about what Andy likes to do for fun, right? So, so favorite movie, Andy. What is Andy's favorite movie? Uh, Aliens. Aliens, yeah, nice. aliens, not alien, aliens. aliens. Okay, okay, okay. I like, uh, man, I always love the first Predator movie, right? That, that was, that was yeah, that's awesome. pretty cool. That's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, favorite books? Oh, it would be Andy McNabb, uh, his first writing, uh, in being in Iraq. Yeah, I like my books. I like to think um, they all reflect a person's life. I don't, I don't deal with historic, uh, not historical, with um, with um, books that are handwritten that uh, X, Y, and Z. This is like it's Andy McNabb. He's a true hero. He's a lot. Um, uh, Wayne Rainey, uh, Kevin Schwantz, all them books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so I listened to, I listened, I used to read a lot, but now, uh, we're, we live in the digital world, so now I, 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 yeah. do, my, I do all my audio books, right? So, uh, man, I got every uh, Guy Martin because who's not, a, I'm a huge Guy Martin fan, right? I got all his books, uh, dude, Shaky Burn, which is a legend to yeah. me, too, man. I got his book. I got John McGinnis's, uh, Joey Dunlop, Michael Dunlop, Michael Rudder. I mean, Ian McPherson, dude, I got it's to, those are my favorite books. I actually just got done listening to, uh, you ever heard of David Goggins? Uh, yes, but yeah. Yeah, he has a book called Can't Hurt Me. Actually, one and two, man, those are those are like motivational books, right? They're like, yeah. you can do it, this and that, and I love them. Um, but then I got done listening to Randy Lanier. Have you ever heard of Randy Lanier? No, I haven't. Okay, so Randy Lanier is this crazy American guy back in the 60s and 70s that raced uh, – race cars and got into IndyCar, but uh, also was a drug smuggler, drug smuggler of marijuana. <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah. And dude, it's just like, he takes you on this wild ride. It, it's, it's, it's one of those, uh, strap yourself down, prepare to have a good laugh and some, Oh shit moments. Right. Yeah. Uh, really good book. Highly recommended. It. It's uh and now I'm actually listening to, uh, uh, Ad- Adrian Bourdain, his, uh, mm-hmm his book which is really really good um yeah it's really good so uh netflix series are you watching anything on netflix these days all the time and it's all to do with space uh, and it's completely out of there and that suits me just fine <laughs> so so are you a star wars fan oh yeah oh me big yes time. me big too time. man i love star wars man to me yeah that's like, man, I remember, so I was born in 77, 
Um, yeah. And I, I remember going to see the first Star Wars come out, and I was just like, holy shit, I want a lightsaber. I still, to this day, <laughs> I want a lightsaber. Who don't, Andy? Come on, man. Everybody wants a lightsaber, right? Or, or, or just have some kind of Jedi, because everybody every once in a while uh, would love to be able to move something with their mind or, or, you know, somebody make you a force choke somebody just for a second, right? You just, when you get mad at somebody, you just, uh, I can't do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love that, man. I was, I'm big into sci fi and all that shit, too. I think it's, uh, who knows what's out there, right? We're in this little universe yep. on this little planet. We're Nobody really knows. We're never so. going to know, are we? No, well, no. We, we're not. Maybe, uh, siblings will but will not <laughs> yeah, and, which is fine right i mean we're here at this yeah. time and and listen i enjoy my life and it's an honor to sit here and, and do what i do especially to have this conversation with this legend as yourself i mean it's yeah yeah life can't get much better than what it is right so yeah it's, it's good stuff so uh favorite motorcycle andy what is your all-time favorite bike street bike not moto gp street bike. Uh, oh one. Um. Oh, I'm gonna be. What That's year? That's my favourite street bike, but the underpinning of it all is R6 for riding flat out. But I would put the R1 above it uh, if you were using it on track because you could get more out of it on the R1 than you are doing R6. Yeah. But there are so many bikes there that are up there, but not quite. Got that R6, R1 pizzazz. Pizzazz, <laughs> I like it. The pizzazz, yeah. So I, I've written, I've written several R1s. Man, they're nice. I, my favorite is, you know, of course, with the cross crane plank. Right when 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 they come out with that on the R1, it 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 changed the game. Um, yeah, it really did. It it man, they sound so good, right? Yeah, especially with a proper exhaust on them. It's like. Yeah, I'm in love. I mean, every time. <laughs> yeah, especially, you know, of course, Ducati's my favorite. So nothing sounds, nothing to this day, in my opinion, sounds like a belt driven superbike Ducati flat out. It's got this yep. certain, this certain deep, like just, just everything about it. It's different even to the new V4 Ducatis. They don't have that. Okay. So, um, leathers. Leathers, yeah. What's my leathers? Yeah, oh, the leathers my, in the my, background. My, my, my leathers is one hundred percent Alpine stars. Okay, What's yours. So, uh, man, I, I had a, a Alpine star suit. Actually, Andy, I, I need to get a new one. I, I need to get <laughs> I'm not bullshit. I do, but uh, it was my last one was an Alpine star. I also had had a, a, a day and easy one. Um, I got a set of the day and easy torque out boots. Uh, I have an Alpine star back protector. Man, as far as glove goes, my favorite gloves are the Knox Handroids, the Kangaroo. Yeah, because, yeah. man, I tell everybody the feel you get from these Kangaroos is just—it's uh, another level on the controls. It really is. Uh, and then, of course, as far as my helmets go, I got my Rossi helmet. I got the new HJC uh, Alpha one, the FIM homologated Red Bull one. Um, but this this leather suit hanging in the background is is my man Eli Colby that races yeah. in Moto America. Um, he gave it to me and signed it. And uh, so, of course, I got to display it up on on the wall. Um, but, yeah, so uh, I, I want to I actually got me a new pair of uh, the Alpine Star Super Tech R boots. Yeah. And I haven't tried them yet. They're actually in my closet. And I, I, I noticed behind your ear is a um, oh, off road. Uh, one, uh, off, off track. 
Yeah, there we go. Off track. Yeah. My mate Dave Neal, off track shirts. Yeah, hanging up right yeah, there. Yeah. And, yeah, and then I got my uh, my mate uh, Cameron, Cameron oh. Fraser, that, that that just won the GP two title. And then my man Jake Marsh right here. Yeah, man, yeah. I, I got a lot of them. Yeah, I got uh, man, I got Miguel Dumel up there in the background. Right there goes Joey Dunlop. Yeah, yeah. Yep, I got a picture of uh, Johnny Ray at Cadwell Park right there, jumping out <laughs> course. I got Carl Fogarty. I got listen. I, I'm a I, I am a Die hard fan. I got hold on. Speaking of Lorenzo, check this out. Everybody, <laughs> well, hey, Lorenzo is in the house. What is up? <laughs> you like that, didn't you? Oh, that's brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, so I'm a I'm a man, dude. Andy, I'm 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 such a nerd when it comes to two wheels. It's uh it's my life. It's it's I try so it's something that I'm blessed that I found such a passion for something, right? Cause I feel, I feel like a lot of people in, in this life, Andy don't have a passion. And, and to me, I feel like they're, they're, it'd be lonely if I didn't have this passion I had for anything. It don't matter what it is. You could paint, you could color, you could build. It don't matter. But it's, I remember the first time I laid eyes on two wheels and I was like, what is that? You know, I was, I was little, I grew up in the Navy. My dad was a fighter pilot. He F 14 off the top aircraft carrier, just like top gun. And he used to take me riding and um, I'd be three and four years old and they'd go look for me. I'm not playing with Legos. I'm out there hanging out with the motorcycle. I, I want to go, want, let's ride. Let's, let's, let's you know, the, the old Honda commercial who wants to ride. I want to ride. That was me. Let's, <laughs> let's ride. I want to ride. Um, And it's just, it, it's, it's something that, it changes you on the inside, just like when you become a parent, there's something inside yeah. you that just clicks and uh, it builds more as the years go by, you fall deeper and deeper in love with it. And sometimes it's confusing, right? And, 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 and it's a love hate relationship and uh, it's, it's just proper. I, I, it's hard for me to put into words what motorcycles have done for me in my life, uh, my, yeah. my mental state, um, I got bad ADHD, but I can focus on motorcycles all day long. I can sit here and, and have this conversation with you and think of nothing else but being in the moment. Now, as soon as we leave yeah. here and I go back to work, oh, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> everywhere. Uh, but it, when it comes to two wheels, there's there's nothing like it in, in the world. It's, it's really not. It's uh, Yeah, so it's – it's and I, I find like, you know, there, there, there's people that are really passionate about it true fans and then you got like it's just like any sport right you got people that just want a motorcycle because it's cool and you know i'm always trying to so my, my main goal too for, for this whole podcast is i want to give back to the sport as much as it's given to me right so i want to oh, yeah. i want to reach out and interview all my heroes from back in the day hey what are you guys doing now you know it's fan this and that but also andy i focus on a lot of all the up-and-coming kids that's the main reason yeah. right so i get a lot of the junior cup kids coming on giving them a platform giving their voice out there and, and getting them out there plus it, it helps them when they are future champs they they're, they're used to talking in front of people in front of a live audience and and you know all that good stuff because they are the future of our sport right uh, the yeah, jake gandies and all them's already made them yeah let me just uh hold on uh that one that one that one that one uh, is there you go. Yeah, dude, I just seen you post that. That was uh, last, last week. week. 
Yep, last week. Yep, he's yeah. out there working with them. And that was seven years ago. Well, it's, it's not quite seven years ago. It's longer than that. But, you know, yeah, yeah, good. good. Yeah, it's, it's, Which it's, reminds me. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So I mean, dude, I'm a huge I, I got Davy Todd's hat. I got Chrissy Rouse hat. Dude, I'm 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 such a fan of the sport. Everybody, right? Top rack. I I uh yeah, as you could tell, I got a lot of stuff going on in my in my room. You should see my other room, it's just as bad. It's uh so I have a one style ranch house with three bedrooms. We got one kid, so I have one living room, my wife's got a living room, and then everything in both my rooms are nothing but just flat out everything two wheels. That's it. All my clothes, two wheels. That's it. That's my life. But anyway, listen, Andy, we're an hour and 30 minutes into this, man. What an honor it is. I, I know it's uh, getting laid out there. I'm going to let you go, but I would love to sit down and, and do this again with you. That's okay. Anytime. Uh, yeah. It's been a joy talking to you. Thank you yeah. so much. And I can say, um, uh, um, my thought on all this is, it's with a person who's normal. It's just normal, right? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. I do. So before we get off, hey, Andy, so when I stop this live video, just stay on with me for, for another minute, and, and, and then I'll yep. let you go. But anyway, why don't you tell everybody that, that's listening to this, and this will be out on Spotify and iHeartRadio and all that good stuff tomorrow. But uh, tell everybody, Andy, how they can uh, find you on all the major platforms and how can they get in touch with you to order one of those proper mega books you have? Well, the, the, um, uh, you get me um, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, just Andy Ebert, as ever. And uh, if you want to buy the book, you uh, drop it to an email, um, which is big cartel big cartel and they've got the uh, motor gp performance riding techniques in there so if you can't find it just bung on bung on me uh, a message and i can put it down for you and i'll put you through the right channels yeah yeah if anybody needs help just just hit me up and i could I can send them your way too uh, yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, man, I just want to, before I get off here as always, man, I just want to thank everybody that watches, likes and subscribes. Britt from Minnesota. What's going on? My buddy, Dustin, watch it. Trevor Watson, dude, what's going on? Everybody always nothing but much love to everybody. Um, big shout out to Jake Marsh and his dad, Peter Marsh. Uh, Everybody, I need you guys to go sign up for Club 45 and help this lad out uh, for 2024 season because he is proper fast, and we will get there. Yeah, he will stand on top of that podium, I promise. A uh, big shout-out to my man Cameron Frazier, the 2023 <laughs> GP2 British Supersport Champion. My man, what is going on? He's got a new drink out now. Uh, man, I forget what it's called. I'm sorry, Cameron, but everybody go check out Cameron Frazier's social media. It's <laughs> yeah, it's all out there on his thing. And, and a big shout out to my man, the Clothing Kings. My man, oh, the Clothing Kings. Right? So if anybody wants to buy Pendergast merch or look him up, if anybody out there is in the business of getting shirts and stuff made, look no further to him because he is proper. Another thing I didn't tell you about, Andy, I'm good friends with Gary and Jane from the California Superbike UK school. I actually had Gary on the podcast, which is proper. I'm having him on next year too as well. A big shout out to them. So if anybody across the pond 
my friends over there want to uh, get into an instructor uh, looking to learn a proper way of, of racing to have the most fun you ever yeah, had. Yeah. Look no further than the California Superbike School.co.uk and they will ask for Jane or Gary. Uh, Andy will we'll put you in, in the right direction too, as well. And uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Uh, man, I'm Chris, the show Simcoe. You know who I am. You can find us on all major platforms. And again, what an honor to sit with the legend, Andy Ibbett. Thank you so much. Until next time, we'll catch you guys later. All right. 